if somebody doesn't trust you, they're not going to do business with you. I mean, we've all heard that thing about we do business with people we know, like, and trust. But the reality is, if you don't get to trust, you don't get to a customer. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. I'm your host. It's wonderful to have you with us, and I hope you are doing well, no matter where you are in this big, wide, wonderful world of ours. And thank you so very much for supporting the show because it's making all of the difference, knowing that it is making a difference for you. Now, speaking about making a difference, I'm on the line with master consultant marketer, Jerry Fletcher. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you so much. Appreciate being here. Now, you and I just touched on um, the fact that we haven't had too many conversations on the show uh, to do with consultant marketing, and we're going to obviously explore that, Jerry. But um, I guess the best place that I always like to start off is not in the business space. It's more about the person behind the business, because at the end of the day, um, that's what runs businesses, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Well, look, um, with that being said, I'd love to start by knowing where you are. Where are, where are you located? Uh, well, most uh, most often I tell people that I'm I'm located just south of Portland, Oregon, in the United States, mm-hmm. where the sidewalk runs out. <laughs> so I wonder, given that the uh, sidewalk runs out, Jerry, is there any major landmarks that anybody might be familiar with there? Well, I'm, I'm literally I live in a place called Charbonneau, which is just south of the river, uh, south of a little town called Wilsonville. Right. Um, it's actually. Uh, if you imagine a gated community without gates, that's sort of what we have here. <laughs> Fantastic. When you're uh, when you're relaxing, Jerry, do you do you have much uh, that you're interested in? What what's your thing? What do you like to do? Well, I, I used to like going out and, and hiking and walking and and getting about, but COVID's kind of shut that down. Oh yes, I become a, I become much of a homebody. So these days, it's uh, what can we whip up in the kitchen that we've never done before. Oh. You know? So you found a, a new thing, a new. You, are you very good at kicking, uh, uh, cooking? Um, let, let's put it this way: you, you you just open the refrigerator door and you say, "Can you fix anything from what's in there?" And <laughs> I guarantee I will fix something. You may not like it, but I'll fix it. <laughs> you sound like me through and through. I wonder: um, uh, do you follow any sports? Oh, I'm 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 an American football fan. Love I mean, it. I. I because I've spoken on, on, on three continents, I've learned the difference between saying football and American football. Oh, yes, um, there is certainly a difference. But, but I'm also a football fan. Fantastic. We, uh, we, we have a couple of marvelous professional teams here in Portland. Uh, they're so marvelous you can't get tickets to them. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you touched on um, something that we're all experiencing and enduring, I guess you'd call it now. Uh, with the pandemic, I'd love to talk about how that's affecting business and in terms of, I guess, uh, the way that you deliver your services and the technology that you might be using and all of that sort of wonderful stuff later in the call, if we might. Um, but what did you enjoy doing the most when you were growing up, Jerry? Oh, growing up. Hmm. And there's a good well, reason for asking. I I did like to play golf and I still would like to play golf, but I've got two bad knees. Uh, so... Basically, for me, I just can't do it anymore. I mean, as a professional speaker, you know, walking through airports is sort of like the Bataan death march for me. 
<laughs> I can imagine. I, um, uh, are, you, are you doing much, um, you know, given the COVID situation, you, you, I guess you're fairly well static in one location at the moment. Well, pretty much in my office. I, I, I live in a condo and uh, I'm taking the second bedroom as an office. And uh, he, he, when it was, we didn't have really tight restrictions here for a while. So I still would have clients in uh, and have meetings here. Mm-hmm. And I would also go out to clients to meet. So that wasn't too much of a problem. But now they've really tightened it down. And it's uh, it's made life a little bit uh, of a problem. I mean, I sometimes I... I, I wake up in the morning and go, I have got to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm going mental, <laughs> staying home. <laughs> yeah. I, I ask about, you know, growing up because sometimes we find that, you know, we are inspired as children and we, we get a direction very early on. Would you say that was fair for you? Um, not really. I, I, I was always a good student mm-hmm. and I enjoyed uh, drawing and, and um graphics and that sort of thing mm-hmm. so I actually have a degree as a uh, in advertising design but I've never worked as a designer uh, because I always was more intrigued with the marketing side of the business so I've been an advertising guy uh, oh golly since about 1960 in fact if I don't know if, if in Australia folks saw the uh, program Mad Men but I was in New York during that yep. era, mm-hmm. and I can tell you it was true. It that was program true. program was accurate. <laughs> when art imitates reality. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, I wonder, um, the focus of today's call, Jerry, is obviously um, sharing your insights and experiences, uh, your wealth of knowledge um, that, that is needed to build a business that thrives in many different elements. and. Um, I know that you had a, a path at a certain stage and um, then you were a part of something in Portland that uh, you were fired from. Could you tell us about that and how that led to your consulting firm, Z-Axis? Oh, it was it was pretty straightforward. Um, I was out to having lunch and then doing some shopping and, and got a, a text to come to a board of directors meeting, which I hadn't expected. So I walked in the door and essentially, uh, they fired me. Uh, we, we, we basically, my board and I, agreed to disagree. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was This was the board that I very carefully nurtured and brought along as we did a full corporate buyout uh, uh, of, the, of the agency mm-hmm. so that all the employees were stockholders, uh, which was fine. It wasn't really a big problem uh, because uh, I'd been through a very long year that year, and, and, and so I said, okay, fine. That works. And... Uh, so I packed my desk, and uh, I was out of there by the following Monday, and I was looking for something to do, as we all do. Yep. And because I had a, a daughter in high school, didn't want to move, I said, okay, fine. I'm going to start a consulting, uh, marketing consulting operation, and uh, let's see, how can I possibly do that? Well, I, um, that leap of faith occurred in the middle of the night right after I you know, suffered this, we don't need you anymore. Uh, thing and uh, I said okay fine so I sent a letter out to uh, just 60 of my closest friends in the advertising golf association mm-hmm. and I told them what I was going to do and out of those 60 letters uh, two of them came back and said good luck uh, two of them uh, said hey, would you like to work with somebody here's somebody I think you might want to work with good referrals yep and two came back with uh, we've got this thing that needs doing can you do this for us yeah 
That was in 1990. And, and you never looked back? Never looked back. Now, I, I think it's important because this is a very um, different approach to marketing. It's not marketing in the general sense of the, of the word. It's marketing for consultants. Now, can you explain to us uh, for the My Future Business audience what that actually means? Okay. In simple terms, there there is a group of, of folks that we, we might call independent professionals. Consultants are in that group. Um, uh, coaches are in that group. Uh, financial planners are in that group, and so on. There's a, there are all these people that basically are consultants. They provide services to folks to help them do something better. Whether it's build your business, build the leadership in your business, uh, handle your financial matters. There's all kinds of folks that do this sort of thing. Yeah. But the difference in their business is that you can't advertise very well and get that business. What you have to do is understand that it is a business based on referrals, which generally come from networking and or, as I found early on, speaking to larger groups. And so basically what I've done is I've developed that particular niche, if you want to call it that, yep. uh, over the years to the point where I can now work with just about any kind of consultant. And I won't say guarantee, but I will say that we're pretty darn sure that they're going to have uh, a striking increase in their business, particularly in their revenues, if they do what they have been trained to do. Yes. Uh, go ahead. No, absolutely. I was, I'm listening in, listening intently because I think it's important because I'm sure there will be people listening, you know, rubbing their hands together going, you know what, I am that consultant now that you've described it that way. Well, and, and, and then the, the problem is pretty simple. Uh, because you can't use any of the the usual media to build your business. You need to find ways to mm, brand yourself. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. And what I found is that trust is the shortcut to brand. Uh, there's there's no other way to describe it. Um, let me tell you a story, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, how this came to me. I mean, and 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 all of us need folks that can help us that can guide us along the way and so what happened to me was i i had done a keynote about networking uh for a friend of mine and we were celebrating in a nice little chinese restaurant not far from where i delivered the keynote and so at the end of the meal uh, the fortune cookies came and <laughs> and and so you know i cracked it and looked at it and i read the wise man knows everything the shrewd one knows everyone and my friend Michael, who hired me to do the keynote, pushed his glasses down his nose, looked across them at me and said, well, that's pretty good as far as it goes. And I looked at him and said, what? And he said, what you know is important. Who you know matters. But the single most important thing about building a business is who trusts you. Think about that. If somebody doesn't trust you, they're not going to do business with you. I mean, we've all heard that thing about you know, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. Well, people just kind of throw that out and don't think anything about it. But the reality is, if you don't get to trust, you don't get to a customer. I wonder, Jerry, is is this as important in a product-centric business, trust, as opposed to a service-based business? Is there value it value in Trust is important. However, the methods for getting to trust are slightly different. Um, let me see if I can make that clear. In a service-based business, 
the first thing that happens, and, and, and I don't know about Australia, but I do know that in the United States or in, the, in, the, in North America, the most asked question is, what do you do? The way you answer that question is going to make you either memorable or not. It's going to generate a way for people to think about you and who you are, and it's going to give them a reason why they should trust you and a way to refer you. Now, because people are very reticent about introducing themselves, that, you know, if I can train someone to do that yep. in a service-based business, they're going to do well. Now, what happens in a product-based business? Well, in products, you tend to have more people involved, okay? Mm -hmm. And you tend to have a need for people to understand what that premise that the company operates on is, okay? And so trust is very important there, but you have a much more difficult uh, way of getting or generating it. Yeah. Because people, you know, the first time they buy a product, either it works or it doesn't. Uh, the first interaction they have with a salesperson for your company, either it's good or it's bad. Uh, the first time they have a customer service question and they ring you up on the phone, it's either good or it's bad. So it's much more difficult to build and maintain trust in a product-oriented operation. However, in a service-based operation, particularly for solopreneurs, it's much easier to maintain that trust basis. Even when you move to multiple employees and say a consulting operation, if those employees know and understand exactly who you are, what you are, and how you operate, you're going to have a much easier task of it. Jerry, is this, when we talk about building trust in a service-based environment, is this more about, you know, let's use a, um, I don't know, for lack of better examples, a dentist. Um, when somebody asks you what you do, you say you're a dentist. Is it better for you to be saying, I transform your teeth in so that you have an amazing white smile? Is, is, is that what you're saying, sort of suggesting? Well, well in, in part, I, would, I, I wouldn't say it that way. I'll put it that way. I, mm. I wouldn't say it that way. What I would say is something like, uh, I give you a smile that you want to share. Yeah, yep, yep. See, so the, the, the benefit occur, accrues to the person asking the question, okay, yep. and the fact that you provide it. Um, this, this is part of what I call 30-second marketing. Uh, and and let, let me ex give you an example out of my early days as a consultant. Mm -hmm. um, I used to go to like a Chamber of Commerce meeting and, you know, how you introduce yourself at those kinds of meetings. <laughs> yep. And I would, I would stand up and I'd say, uh, I build websites that make rain and I'd shut up. By the time the, the thing ended, there'd be three or four or five people coming over saying, hey, can you tell me about that? And, and my next statement would be, well, you know how since you built your website, you're having difficulty getting changes made and you, you just can't get them to pay attention to you. You know, you know you, your niece or your nephew did a great job before they went off to college, but now you got a problem. You can't get it, get it fixed. And, and their, their heads are nodding. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, then I would say, well, I'll tell you what, what would you think if we could provide you with a website where you can change every word and every picture, but we'll fix it so you can't screw up the navigation. Would you like that? And of course they're going, yeah, that's what, that's what I need. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at that point I would say, well, look, I, don't, I can't talk to everybody now, but why don't we set a meeting you know, for coffee and we'll talk about it, or we can do it in your office if you, if you like. Uh, what day would be good for you? And you set those meetings. Yep. 
I put my daughter through college and grad school before she got her PhD uh, with that simple Just statement that. of mine. It's, yes. it's really powerful because what it is, the messaging is in interesting but incomplete. That's obviously a, a very well uh, tried and true tactic. You've got micro commitments, small yeses along the way, you're getting them to agree. There's just so much to, to learn in all of this. Now, um, a large part, not all, but a large part of my future business audience are startups, they're small business owners, and they may not necessarily have all of these skills. Where, where would be the first thing that you would uh, focus somebody's attention if they were that person working with you? Oh boy. Um, generally, when I, I work with a fairly elite group of consultants. Um, that's that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah. Um, so they can afford it. So startups. I've worked with a few startups. Generally, that's because I've been referred in by a current client. But where I start is, okay. Uh, what is it you do? And I just let them answer the question, mm -hmm. right? And everybody tends to say something that's generic, like. Well, I'm a CPA, or uh, I build websites, or I, you know, they they do Not all that kind of, Yeah, totally uninspired, and it, it has a tendency for people to they, they continue to talk in that vein, so that they're talking about what they do, not in terms of what the potential client is looking for. The outcome. So that's the first piece. The second piece is most people are afraid to introduce themselves. And they're afraid to go networking. And it's particularly difficult um, with some of the younger folks these days because they tend to be, uh, how can I put it? Head in tech. 50% yeah, of the population is introverted. I'll yeah. start there. Yeah. Okay. And those people have a difficult time anyway. They're great listeners, but they're not great um, storytellers, for one of better terms. So what we have to do is overcome that inertia that they have. And the easiest way to do that is to help them figure out how can I describe what I do in terms that tell the customer what it does for them. Now, there, there, are, there are multiple ways to do it. I, there are three that I teach. Uh, and, and the one that's probably the most interesting is, is what I call the startling uh, explanation. Um, as a, for instance, I was doing a, uh, a workshop one time uh, and a lady came to me before it started and, and she said, uh, would it be okay if I describe myself this way and when, you know, when you're having people introduce themselves? I said, oh, no, that would be fine. Um, but let's, uh, let's just see what the reaction is, right? Well, so we started around the room. She was about, oh, halfway around the room. And she stood up and she said, um, I traffic in human flesh. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop oh. three states away. Can imagine. Uh, it's incredible. I said, okay, please go on and tell them what you mean by that. <laughs> please clarify. She said, you have to understand that, that I'm a lawyer that deals with adoption. And I use that term only when I need to get somebody really startled. And I said, so like when? She said, it's really great at cocktail parties. <laughs> Okay. Later on, after we after you know we finished the session, she was sort of hanging back and she tapped me on the shoulder and I said, "What's up?" And she said, "You'll love this." And I said, "What's that?" She said, two people came up to me and asked me for my help because of that introduction today." We want to hear 
or have a conversation with people. Yeah. Not hear a commercial. So the first thing that I try to get people to understand is you can have a conversation. That's all you're really going to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk to someone and you're going to try to tell them how you can help them. Okay. But more importantly, because I know you don't like to be outgoing that, that much, the first question you're going to ask is, what do you do? And you're going to listen. And you're going to be able to identify whether you can help that person or not. Yeah. Because you may have asked along the way, what's the biggest problem that you're having? Right? So the key is having a conversation, not doing a commercial. And as soon as you take things and put them in that realm, people start to relax. It's like, oh, I can do that. Okay? Yeah. And, and once they have a little time to rehearse those very quick statements, the hook, you know, you know, I build websites that make rain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The, the hold, which is, you know how, and you describe the problem that most people that you can help have. Okay. And then, well, what we do is, and you describe how you solve that problem. And then the last piece, which depends on where you're at. Okay. Because if I'm in a situation where I've got three, four, five people vying to get my attention and I need to sit down with them and talk to them, I'll just try to get a next time that we can get together. But if I'm in a situation where it's one-on-one or I'm having to explain how this whole thing works, then what I'll do is I'll tell a story about how it's worked for some client that I've had. I mean, I'll give you a for instance. Um, One of my clients is a very high-end consultant who does leadership work inside companies. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy who's run six Fortune 500 companies. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, he's a heavy hitter. And when I first said to him, I said, we've got to find a way to describe you. And he said, well, yeah, but I am not so sure. And I said, look, we'll just look at the testimonials you have already and see what's in there. And we started looking. And as we looked, we found that there was this kind of resounding thing that was there all the time that he would help people clarify what they're doing and where they're going. And then uh, as we were going through the, these testimonials, one of them just sort of leapt off the page. And what it was, was a, a fellow had said, uh, working with you is like driving in the fog. I don't know where the end is going to be, but I know we're going to get there. Uh. <laughs> and so I said, okay, what if we call you the defogger? And he looked at me and said, you're nuts. I went, okay, well, maybe I am. Well, we started calling him the business defogger, and that went along fairly well. But then because I do his testimonials, I interview people uh, on video and so on for his testimonials, mm-hmm. the thing that we kept hearing was, you know, I hired him because I knew he could get us the clarity, but even more important, he gets us there fast. Yeah. Fast, fast, fast. So I said, okay, let's change you, your, your basic you know, signature line to the business defogger and accelerator. And he said, you are absolutely nuts. <laughs> and I went, well, let's try and see what happens, right? Try it anyway. <laughs> he tried it anyway, because that's the way you find out whether these things work or not. So he went out and he tried it. And he said, I thought you were nuts. But, you know, the reality is everybody gets it. Nobody forgets it. And the key factor is my revenues have tripled since we did that. Now, I bet you people that are listening to this are going, hmm, that's very interesting. I'd like a piece of that. Now, uh, Jerry, you've touched on storytelling. You've touched on failure. You've touched on leadership. I'd love to expand more into those conversations if we could. Um, 
starting with the leadership, what are some of the qualities that you see that are common in good leaders that you've worked with? <laughs> I love it. Um, the client that I'm talking about who does does works with leadership, mm -hmm. um, one of the things we discovered for him was that there are so many myths out there about leadership. We decided we'd, we'd try to get rid of some of them. So we've done a, a video series uh, called Myths. And uh, he wrote a book here not too long ago, and he was doing interviews on the radio and podcasts and so on. And everybody, everybody who had a copy of the book wanted him to talk about myths. And so now we're, doing, we're building a book on myths. The, the, the thing that I find, and why I'm coming using that as an example, is that the best leaders are the ones who can see that what is currently called the best practice may not be at this point in time. Or it may be something that we've just heard and heard and heard to the point where we believe it, but we don't know how to verify it. And that's the, the critical element here. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things Jim, Jim will do, we'll sit down and do 15 or 20 of these at a time, and he'll just take a note that says what the myth is, and then he'll speak to it. Um, the key for great leaders is that they are leaders. They're not afraid to lead. Okay? That's the first piece. The second piece is they are not, uh, how can I put it? They aren't narcissistic. Yeah. They are people who know that they don't have all the answers, but they do know how to inspire other people to help them find the answers. And they are, in most cases that I've found, and I've worked with so many now, it's kind of scary, <laughs> but in most cases, they are people who are, are capable of admitting where their faults are, where their problems are, and saying, okay, this is where I really need support and help. Okay. Yeah. But they also know where their strengths are and they're not afraid to lay that down and say, this is where my strength is. This is where I can make a difference in this organization. And that's, that's, that's the quality of leadership that I look for. The other thing that, that I look for is uh, empathy. Uh, and there's one other major kind of factor in there and that's consistency. One of the key things in trust, which is the other area we were talking about, mm -hmm. is being consistent. If you aren't consistent, you're never going to get to trust. And good leaders are always trusted. There's just no question about it. Absolutely. I, I wonder, I was thinking about this, this reference to inspiration. Who's inspiring you at the moment? Oh, golly. Well, again, I, I like I said, I work with just a few, you know, no, just a few clients at this point. I try to keep the, the number of, of direct clients fairly low, and and we, we take it as it comes. But anyway, um, some of them are inspiring me. Um, uh, a financial planner I know inspires me. The leadership guy inspires me. Uh, another uh, I don't know, consulting client who is, I don't know how to explain this, but I'll make it. I'll try to simplify it. Yeah. Basically, what he does is he'll go into a company and he'll say, okay, you know you got a problem. You're not quite sure what it is. Let's look at your numbers. Okay? So what he does is he looks at their situation, their numbers. They generate all the information, and then he simply looks at it. And 90% of the time, that's eh, probably right, what he does is he finds that there's a way to 
how can I put it? Um, tinker just a little bit with what they're doing and change the outcomes that they get. I mean, as a for instance, in one company, um, they were a dis distribution firm. I'll put it that way. They were they were spending huge amounts of money on the lowest five percent of income people or organizations that they sold to. And he pointed it out. It's a simple thing. Yeah. And said, okay, so why don't we see what we can do to help those people get what they need and, and remove them from our list so that we can concentrate on the ones that are generating, you know, the top 20% that are generating 80% of our income. Now, it sounds like a simple solution, but if you're the business person that's involved, you may not be able to see it. Too close. Too close. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty powerful, I mean, especially when you're getting those fresh sets of eyes on it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back at your experience, Jerry, um, and I want to give, a, I guess, a well-rounded um, interview to add the most value for the listeners. And I'm thinking about failure. What can people learn from failure? And, and do you have any examples that you could share with us? Oh, boy, have I got examples. <laughs> the one thing that I would say is that we are a culture that is always being told about how wonderful it is to be successful. We always hear about all the successes that people have had all the time. Yeah. The problem is that you don't learn from success. You learn from failure. It's true. And I have, I, I don't know who said it, but some, some wag once said, fail often, fail fast. Yeah. And, and I, got to agree with that because I've seen it work. I mean, as a, for instance, uh, a good friend of mine and I were having lunch and she was saying that uh, uh, the most interesting person she'd ever met was a guy who ran a company that uh, she was handling uh, the advertising for. And she uh, had been involved with a promotion that they were doing and, and they dropped somewhere close to a half a million dollars on this promotion and basically nothing happened. Oh. Okay. And it was the it was the number two or number three person in the company that was running all this, right? Yeah. And she was meeting with the with the CEO and uh, actually the owner of the company. And she said, So what are you gonna do about whatever his name was? And he said, Do, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm gonna sit down and talk to him and see how he sees how we can change things so that that doesn't happen again. And she said, yeah, but I mean, you lost a half million dollars. And he said, that's the cheapest half million dollars I've ever spent because he will never let it happen again. Oh, yeah, there's something to learn there, isn't there? Oh, <laughs> let me tell you. you oh, know, yeah. I, I have an interest in um, talking a little bit about your speaking. How about how did that come about for you? And was it natural for you to, to become a, a speaker in front of lots of people? Well, okay, when you're the new business guy for a, a business to business advertising agency, you tend to speak a lot anyway. Yeah. You know, you're always doing pitches and you're always, you know, I was always volunteering for the local, you know, uh, marketing association and so on. Um, so I was doing quite a bit of that. So when I got into uh, consulting, uh, I did a lot of things right up front trying to learn what would work and, and you know, how it was different from a lot of other things. And one of the things I did was I, I saw an, uh, an article about a woman who'd written a book uh, who lived in the same community I did. And so I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, hey, can we get together? And she said, sure. And <laughs> so 
we were we were we were chatting and and i said so so what 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 do you do to try to build business and she said well there's a number of things she said writing a book is a good thing you can you know that gets you a lot of attention she said but you have to promote it on and on don't expect to make money on it it's sort of like having an oversized business card i went okay i understand that mm-hmm. and she said knowing and understanding how to get a book put together is an important thing well because of her suggestion i wound up becoming the um secretary for the Northwest Association of Book Publishers, uh, which was an, an organization that trained people on how to, you know, self-publish. Yep. Now, the other thing that she said you ought to do is you ought to look into speaking. And, and as a matter of fact, let me introduce you to a group that you might be interested in. I went, okay, fine. And, and so we have a nice, uh, very expensive club here called the Multnomah Club which is a workout facility and a few other things, mm-hmm. um, great meeting rooms and so on. Anyway, so there was a meeting being held there, so I went. In the room were like six people, maybe eight, um, and they were talking about speaking and what it did for them and so on. Well, I became one of four people who started the Pacific Northwest, actually the Portland uh, chapter of the National Speakers Association. So I've been speaking professionally since 1993. Um, and I did it because it was the easiest way to get in front of more people that could become possible prospects yeah. or leads, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. than any other way I know. As a matter of fact, um, I've been asked uh, three times last week if I would write a book or build a program or whatever to help individual businesses learn how to speak to build their business, which I'm thinking about. I, I will another, probably do it. Another opportunity. I, um, I'm looking through your websites. There's a number of them. You've obviously got another called Networking Ninja. You've got Z-Axis and you've got your uh, speaking website. Um, I'd right. like to just uh, touch on some of the, um, the, the deliverables uh, in your consulting. Um, one of them is branding. Obviously, there's the marketing component. Um, Tell us how important it is to have a consultant focus on de- uh, developing a strong brand. Well, okay, let me let me see if I can make simplify it. We're talking about a very complex process, but in simple terms, brand, as I said earlier, is an expression of trust. Yeah. Okay. And if you think about it, there are basically four stepping stones to a successful business. The first of those is memorable. You have to be memorable. That's where it all starts. Okay? So that idea of having a way to describe what you do that people will remember, mm-hmm. that's the first piece of it because brand cannot be, oh, how can I put it? You can't control it. You cannot control brand. All you can do is influence it. And the time when you can influence it most is when you're being introduced, when you're first meeting someone, okay? So you have to have something that's memorable there in the first place. Then once you begin to get a chance to work with somebody or just to become better known by them, you have to become unforgettable. And that means you have to go past that first statement to someone who has a unique differentiation about yourself, your product, your service, whatever it may be, okay? Yeah. And then, once you get the business, 
You need to become indispensable. You need to be the person that they go to for that kind of information and material. You need to be the company they buy that kind of product from. You need to be the, and where I grew up, uh, I grew up in a, in a town that was a Chevy town. The next town over was a Ford town. Nobody can tell you why that was the case. It just was. It just is. Okay. It just is the way it is, okay? So you have to become indispensable. Now, the key thing here, particularly for consultants, the folks that I deal with most often, is, yeah, it's you can do memorable. That's okay. You can become unforgettable. You can even become indispensable. But you got to really work at it, okay? But the, the step past that is what I call legendary. And to become legendary, you have to work with folks in such a way that you change the way they think. Let me say that again. You have to change the way they think. Okay? Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then suddenly you're the person that they, they always think of. And, and more importantly, their broad group of folks that they know will know that you're the one. The go-to. Say again? The go-to. Yeah. It's, it's the, you become the go-to person, right? And, and, and the whole thing comes down to this very goofy kind of thing. Everybody talks about brand, but nobody knows how to do it. Did you ever notice? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually watching your video where you mentioned that and I thought, wow, that, yeah, it's so true. You know, here's what to do, not how to do it. It's unfortunate, but it's also an opportunity, well, it, isn't it? it? Well, the, the problem is it's one of those, uh, how can I put it, buzzwords that have kind of rounded into the culture yep. and everybody talks about it, but again, Nobody really knows how to do it. And part of that is that, as I said, you can, you can influence it, but you can't control it, okay? So when you try to control, what you do is you overreach and, and you don't get the reaction you want because it isn't the reaction that your audience wants. I mean, in today's world, how do I say this? In today's world, you got to get to trust with, with four different groups of people okay the first one is yourself you have to trust yourself now just about anybody i know that's an entrepreneur or has been an entrepreneur has that little guy sitting on their shoulder saying are you really sure this is the right thing to do you know yeah they're always concerned about mm -hmm, am i doing the right thing um and getting over that's a part of it learning to accept that and fail and then understand what you've done and learn from the failure Boom, you're, you're on the right track, okay? Mm -hmm. But the, the thing that really, really gets to you is that when you trust yourself, then you have to start to trust other people. You have to trust your staff. Now, if you're a solopreneur, you got two people to trust. you got the people that are doing the operations in the business and the ones that are building the business. Okay, that's one person, but it's those two. Now, if you have staff, you have to learn to trust your staff. If you work for somebody, you have to learn to trust the company, okay? But the thing that's changed the most in the last few years is that fourth component. And that fourth component is the customer. You have to learn to trust the customer. If you don't, you aren't going to get anywhere. And so brand has become a way of trying to make sure all four of those folks can trust each other and that's the piece that most people miss they yeah. don't understand they can't control it all they can do is influence it 
it's some, yeah. it's some really incredible and powerful insights. There's just there is just a myriad of different elements for people to be thinking about. And um, with that being said, Jerry, I, I wonder you talked about earlier about working with a certain um, cohort. I guess um, when people want to learn more about what you're doing, um, you're speaking, you're consulting, and, and so forth what would be the process to work out whether or not they're eligible to work with you and how would they go about that? Oh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, if they just go to my website, jerryfletcher.com, um, they'll find all kinds of ways to um, determine whether that works or not and, and, and ways that I can be of help to them. Uh, one of them is there's a quiz there uh, that if they take the quiz, if they're already a consultant, uh, we can probably tell them what their, their biggest single mistake is and do it fairly quickly. Um, and that's a way to sort things out and find out whether it would even make sense for us to try to work together. Another thing they can do if they're not ready for that um, is to sign up for um, my newsletter, which is called The Different Slant. Um, within The Different Slant, goes out once a week. Um, there's one audio, one video, and one article. And it deals with all of these kinds of things we've been talking about. Yeah. And, and it's kind of fun because uh, <laughs> what happens is people get it, and then my phone rings, and they say, hey, tell me about, and then we go on from there. The, the, the interesting thing with that newsletter is that it, it, it's a, comp, a compilation. Boy, hard word to say. It's a <laughs> compilation of... Uh, blogs and other activities that I've done for the last, I don't know how many years. Um, at last count, my VA was, was saying, okay, we've got 800 blogs here. Which ones do you want to use? So <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> yeah, just a few. So, But the thing is that what I find, and, 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 and again, most of my clients find the same thing, we we tend to think about things fairly straightforwardly, but when we sit down to do a blog, we try to give a little bit more information, a little more capability in it. And what I find is I go back and I look at my old blogs and I say, wow, there's some pretty good thinking going on there. And then I look at it and, and say, well, I can I add to that right now. So basically we take the old blogs and add to them and, and, and put them into the newsletter. The, the interesting thing for me is that one of the, the, the things I look for in a, a client is the ability to look at patterns and see where the pattern isn't right or to see another way to get to it. Um, if you want to get involved, you want to build your business, the thing you have to do is stop looking at it as if you already had all the answers. You have to look at it from the standpoint of how can we do this? I was in a meeting earlier today, uh, a Zoom, well, actually, a Zoom meeting, I guess that's the way to put it, with uh, a group of people that were all speakers. And one of the things we were talking about is uh, a simple idea of, of how you can feed things from one website to another. And all of us were kind of drawing blanks. And the, the, the guy that was hosting it turned to me and he said, well, have you had any experience with this? And I said, all I can say is I agree with what you've already said. Uh, but for the most part, trying to do what we're, what was being discussed is just going to lead to nightmares, particularly as I know the two people that want to do this are solopreneurs. 
it's going to just take way too much time. There's got to be an easier solution. Yeah. And he said, okay, guys, I'm going to leave the group for a minute, and I'm going, going to go do a little investigation, see what I can find. Because if we're all in agreement here, there may be a new product in our future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I um, I, Again, this has just been such a fantastic um, overview. Again, we could go a lot deeper, Jerry, as you well know. Um, so whoever's listening to this call and you want to reach out to Jerry and find out more about his services, reach out to him at jerryfletcher.com. I know that you also have a LinkedIn profile that people can um, go and check out as well. Uh, you've got the Networking Ninja website. Um, there are just so many different ways to find Jerry. And as his customer, I will be making sure to make uh, all of the links available to you to get to Jerry um, underneath this post, no matter where you find the call, you will find a link. And all of this being said, Jerry, what a wonderful call. Thank you so very much for spending some time with me on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.